I wanted to quickly preface this episode by saying the audio is not up to our usual standards. We were not in our studios recording this episode like we normally do when we talk to each other. We were live at the retreat, and we wanted to bring that experience to you, but it meant even though we tried really hard to make sure that the audio equipment would work well and give us high-quality recordings, it didn't work out as we hoped. We were in a big conference room. There were lots of people there. We had to have the speakers turned on so that they could hear us, and then we also needed to try to record it, and it didn't work out completely. We ended up with some feedback in there that that I've tried to take out as best I can, but it also means that we sound like we have head colds in this episode, so you're going to have to kind of live with that. I think it's better than the wine that was in there. Uh, all through the episode that we sound like we have head colds. We sure hope that it brings a little of the retreat to you, our our listeners. We're so grateful for you. And we sure hope that it can work out that in 2020 for the Create Photography Retreat, you can come and join us there at the retreat and uh, and have the fun that we have while we're there. And I hope you get that out of this episode. I hope that comes through. You can go to createphotographyretreat.com slash 2020 in order to give your input. We're looking for input from the listeners on where it is we should have the retreat. I say this in the show, but it's a little hard to hear everything and make sure. I, was, I just want to make sure it's crystal clear that everyone gets the message. Create photography retreat slash 2020. Go there, fill out, take five minutes to fill out a little brief survey. That'll help us know where it is you'd like to see the retreat happen next year in 2020. I hope you enjoy the episode. You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Creative Live. We've talked so much about the experience you have had at the Great Photography Retreat, but we understand that it doesn't always work out for everyone to make it there to the retreat. And Creative Live, it's not exactly the same experience, but it's online training that offers top-notch photographers to be able to teach you how to use tools. It's a creative journey, and it sounds so philosophical, but it's true. And Creative Live is the community of photographers to grow creatively, professionally, and personally. You got to check it out. Over 100 classes taught by today's best, like Ben Wilmore. He's an Adobe Lightroom Classic expert. He's been a member of the Photoshop Hall of Fame for over 100,000 users on seven continents. So he knows what he's talking about. And his training is really good over at Creative Live. So you can head over there to creativelive.com and get $10 off your first class using the offer code MASTER10 at checkout. Welcome to the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You're joined by thousands of photographers listening to the show, all on the same journey to master their photography. I'm Jeff Harmon. I'm going to be the host for this episode. And I have actually sitting next to me, like first time in a year, <laughs> Connor Hibbs and Erica Kay. How are you guys? Good. Doing weird. It's very weird. It's so odd to be together. You while you talk. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so weird. odd. <laughs> We normally do this over Skype, and uh, we don't really see each other. Yeah, we don't turn on the video for that. The internet connections are just not good enough for video. So it's we... really awkward just to like stare into each other's eyes <laughs> as we're having conversations about photography. Yeah, I, yeah, it was weird. Even kind of going through the ads, there was weird. Okay, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we are uh, we're live here at the retreat, and we wanted to to share the retreat experience a little bit with the listeners, and. Uh, we're going to take some questions from the live audience today, but before we do that, we wanted to uh, have a couple of other guests come on the show, and we, we just want to talk about our experience with the retreat this year, what some specific things about the experience this year. There is a, a special opportunity, unique opportunity that we're going to have for the first time ever with the retreat. We don't know the location of the retreat next year yet, and we're going to let all of the listeners help us decide where we should go. So we're going to have three different options that are going to be available. And the way that you're going to be able to vote for that is going to fill out a little tiny survey over at createphotographyretreat.com slash 2020 next year. So if you want to provide your input on where you'd like to go and you'd like to have the retreat be, and you're listening, please go to that link, fill out that little short survey, and we'd love to be able to have that. I'll, I'll go over that again just before the end of the show. So I'll try to remember too. And uh, we'd love to have you do that. So 
That's createphotographyretreat.com slash 2020. All right. So to kick things off this morning, we asked the organizer of the retreat, the guy who does everything behind the scenes and makes it all possible. We couldn't have this happen without him. That's Brian Hansen. And we asked him to come on the show because uh, in the first day of the retreat, he, he posed a good question, I think, to everybody to help with understanding the retreat experience a little bit. And that was, what does salt taste like? That was a good question. I, I like the way that, it, that I was approaching there. So Brian, why don't you tell us a little bit about that question, what salt tastes like and what that was about. Good morning. Good morning. I, hi, it's so good cool morning. to see you. Um, <laughs> I'll have to clarify, though, like I only organize. I don't do everything. So there's tons <laughs> of people that do things behind the scenes, including the presenters and people to help out. So really, it's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that happens. So, yeah, the question I had yesterday was, what does salt taste like? Because um, for somebody who has never tasted salt, it, it's hard to describe. And I, I don't have my phone here, but there were some really great answers that came through. <laughs> One of them had to do with bacon. Um, yeah, not as tasty as bacon. A little Na plus Cl, I believe, one of the answers. <laughs> yes, that was one of the. <laughs> I'm confused on that. So anyhow, we 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 come to this event, and it's a pretty. I I, I think it's pretty cool. Everybody I talk to, most of the people think it's it's great, but it's hard to take that experience and write it into copy on a web page or an email. And say, hey, this is really cool. Come look at this, and and it's so that's what the question is. Like, how do you explain salt? So I think this year we're gonna uh, do some more video snippets. Brent Strong's gonna help out with that. We've been doing more video. So I think if people like once they put salt on eggs, it just enhances everything. Yeah. And I think somebody who comes to this event for the first time, they'll see how this experience not only enhances their photography skills, but just the friendships that are made. So we have people here, you know, like Phil and, and um, John. <laughs> lots of them. Lots yeah, of them. We have lots of people. Yeah. Uh, but they've been, this is our third year and they do things outside of the event. And so it's not just here, but they, they've built friendships. I don't know if we bring Phil on. I don't, but yeah. We will in a second. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's, it's not just photography. It's also community. It's networking. It's it's friendships. Yeah, we so we've talked a lot on the podcast about getting to workshops, getting to conferences. It does not have to be create photography retreat, whatever one you want to get to, to uh, to really improve. It's it's a better investment than probably that next lens or that next body or next flash, whatever you're thinking about buying gear wise. If you think about how and if that gear, a lot of it is so expensive and. You can do so much with the gear you have if you just learn how to use it. Even if you're, you feel like you're really competent, you really know how to use the gear you have, seeing someone else use the gear in a different way is really valuable. It uh, helps you to get a different look maybe for clients you might have, uh, whatever it is. So we think the Create Photography Retreat is a really special experience, um, something that has a, offers a very unique opportunity. We might talk about some of those in the, in the episode, but even if this isn't the one you want to get to, we highly encourage you to get out to workshops and conferences. It's a really good way to be able to move your move down that path towards mastering your photography. Yeah, I have to like the second that because there are a ton of other ones, and I think this is the best one because I because I put it on. But um, you know, we don't have two thousand people here. This isn't right. like WPPI. This is not Shutterfest. But the experience is much different than that too. I mean, it's it's <laughs> uh, mute. I'm I'm not. I have he just has to swallow this. the microphone more. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, this is not working super well for me. I can hear it. Okay, that feels weird. Uh, <laughs> we got to get Connor mic'd up so that he can share us that. What do you think, Erica? Well, he's getting that on. Uh, yeah, and I think that's one of the the coolest things about this retreat is that it is so small, so it gives you guys a lot of opportunities to interact with us, interact with each other, and really have a lot of one-on-one -on -one instruction and experience. Whereas big conferences like WPPI, you don't get that. You're like one of, I don't know, 5,000 people. You know, you're just an ant marching along with the rest of them. Um, so attending smaller workshops, conferences, whatever like this, is so helpful because you can really get all of your questions answered, 
have um, intimate experiences with each other and with the instructors, and it's just way more meaningful and um, useful for you guys as opposed to just attending a huge trade show or a huge conference. Okay, yeah, honored to work. Oh, good. You're uh, a lot of the ones that we hear about WPPI and stuff, from what I understand, they're awesome in terms of being able to make friends, but they're not really designed to be places where you shoot and walk away with great stuff. And it's not really designed to be super heavily educational. And so something like this, I love because I'm, I'm walking away with great shots. I'm a teacher and I am teaching other people and I still have time to get a shot here and there. And I'm thinking, oh man, this is some of the best stuff I'm going to put in my portfolio in a long time. So I can't imagine what everybody else is getting out of this. But I assume that it's probably pretty good if you're able to shoot and work with other people and get advice. It's it's just an awesome experience. So, yeah, I don't know where my thoughts there, are going. There's there. been a couple of people who've talked to me at the retreat here who said, kind of admitted sheepishly, like, I went to a different conference. <laughs> okay, you can go to different conferences. And then they would say, I'm never going back because they spent the whole time fighting to get a seat at a class. And then the instructors were very dismissive and they had no shooting experience. They didn't get anything out of their money that they spent to go. Not saying every conference is that way. I don't even know what conference they were talking about. I didn't well, the, ask. The, I didn't the problem with, with large rooms is that you have to be able to speak to everybody that's in a large room. Sure. When you have a smaller room, you can have, as a teacher, you can have a curriculum laid out and then somebody can have a good question and say, you know what, let's turn and start focusing on this. <laughs> right. I think that this is a really important place to, to focus on and it's like there's consensus within the room that that's something everyone's interested in learning. When you have 150, 200, 1,000 people in a room, you can't do that. You have to teach kind of general and hope that people are following along and that it's not too slow. And it's also something like this is not super heavy on vendor pushing stuff on you. Like we, we talk about the stuff that we use because we like using it and we're representing what actually benefits us versus having some sponsor that's sitting behind us saying like, hey, push our thing where we want to make sales with this. And that's another thing that I think is just absolutely fantastic is that you might walk away from this saying, I need to buy some stuff, but that's because you say, oh, I saw how cool this was to use and I know this person really likes using it. I think that's really useful information to get. So I, I asked actually, uh, I wish we could have like everyone in the retreat come and talk about it. That would be the best possible thing. There's only going to have time to do that. But that would get, be a get long Brian podcast. all of that for sure. If you want to talk about the retreat, get to Brian. Let's, let's capture that. Uh, we'd love to have you share your experiences so that we can share that with other people. But I asked Phil to come on because Phil is, what is this? This is your third retreat, right? Yeah. yeah. It's all of them now. So this is Phil Rock. Phil, where are you from and what photography do you do? So I am Phil Rock Photography, uh, Phil Rock Kids. Uh, I do children's dance photography. I'm from New York. New York, I can tell by the way you said New York. I don't have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> right, I have the accent, right? Y'all? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't use that one. That's, uh, that's Zach. That's, yeah. yeah. I say y'all. Yeah? Sometimes. Yeah, that's okay. Never yeah. We don't need to talk about this. <laughs> okay, so, and, and so photography, you do uh, fill out kids. What's, what is that? So it's actually, I can relate this right to the retreat. Um, if I can tell a short story here real quick, though. So, at last year's retreat, I was struggling to figure out what it is I wanted to do. I was doing landscape. I was doing weddings. I was just like, where am I going to make some money out of this so that my wife will be proud and happy that I'm coming home and paying some bills while I'm doing something I love to do? And it just wasn't clicking. So last year's retreat, I don't know, Eric, if it was you who brought in the young dancers. I believe it was. Yeah. And it was similar to what you have this year at this retreat where you get to go into a, a model shoot and, and take pictures of them. And. And that's what I did. I took some children dancers. They were beautiful ballet dancers and whatnot. And I went home and I posted those on my Instagram. And all of a sudden, emails and phone calls. Oh, you, you do that? I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, it clicked. And that's when I, I created the Phil Rock Kids account. I was always Phil Rock Photography before that. because I didn't know what to do, so I just did photography. And then once I clicked last year's retreat, since last year, the whole year, it's just nothing but young dancers. And it's been going fantastic. And, and your work has improved dramatically. I, I would encourage anybody listening to this to go and follow him on Instagram. Because yeah, go, go check out those posts. It's, it's really fun to see that progression. I think yeah. it's fulfilling to be able to see like where you were a year ago and where you are today. It's, it's very fun to be able to see that. What, what made you come to the first retreat? Why did you decide on the first one to come? So, I mean, it all started when I was interested in photography and I got a camera. My wife actually bought me a camera, a Nikon, and I was the 
just flip this bar this way or flip it that way and it did yeah. different things. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Aperture, I didn't even know that word was. Yeah. So I Googled like I think everyone else does and I, the podcast started popping up and I started listening and they started growing and expanding to newer you know, presenters. And then they said, we're having a gathering where you get to meet these amazing people that I've been listening to for so long. And I was like, oh, I'm going to this because I just wanted to meet everybody. Uh-huh. And um, so that's how it started. I just wanted to meet the people I was driving to work with and driving home from work with every day. <laughs> right. I felt like I already knew everybody and I just wanted you to know me. Excellent. I'm so <laughs> glad you did. So, so that's what made you come to the first one. Yeah. Why did you come back? Oh, geez. It, it's funny. I, I went to the first one thinking I was going to gain all this amazing knowledge from these amazing presenters, and I did. Um, but what I didn't realize was that I was going to make such amazing friends, which I think everyone who's in the audience today can already attest to that I, I told everyone in the beginning that that was going to happen. I think you've all seen it happen. And it's just the most amazing thing out of everything. Because in, at these conferences, at these retreats, you learn so much, it's kind of overwhelming. So I, I might have forgotten what I already heard on day one. because I wrote it on a note. I'm going to read it when I get home. And I'm going to go, what, what did I mean by that? <laughs> what did Connor mean by that? Now I'm lost. I have no one to talk to. But because I made those friends, I could shoot them, you know, Zach, John. All those guys, I could shoot my text and say, do you remember what Connor said? And then we get on the phone and work through it. Or so, sometimes you'll send me a message and say, can you tell me what you said about <laughs> right. that? And I go, yeah, 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 sure. that. <laughs> I, can, I can add that as a point to the reason you come back to this one in particular is access to the people, to the presenters, to your friends. It's just, you can connect. It's community. Like Zach said in the opening, it's community. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so you've already talked about what the retreat has brought to you. What, how that is. Why would, well, actually, I wanted, to, I wanted to ask first with the audience here, how many of you have been here more than once? So we got about, half, about yeah. half that are here right. more than once. Mm-hmm. Okay, for you who have been here for the first time, um, has it been worth it? We've only one day in. We've only had a single day of the conference. We've got a whole other day in front of us today. Are you already happy that you've come and got out of it? Okay. Excellent. So, so that's really good. Did you have something to say, Brian? Oh, I was going to say, if you're not happy, then um, I'll try harder. Talk to Rachel. <laughs> I can do a dance right now. I mean, I can sing. I got a bike. We want him happier, Brian. He, he offered it. <laughs> I don't know. He offered to dance. I, think we I do want to see this. The, no. <laughs> I, I said I'll do some yoga on the Whova app, which is another thing that we've been using. It's blown up with people like talking to each other. Yeah, uh, and and I did was I was gonna do some mountain some mountain poses some uh, you know sunrise salutations no downward dog no <laughs> so, yeah, anyway so yeah the Whova app yeah that was we that was open before the retreat a couple weeks before the retreat that people could go register and, and get there and there were quite a few who were brand new and were able to get to know some other names uh, ask a lot of questions we kind of started the community before we even had the retreat and that was that was a really fun way to to get things kicked off and started um before we let phil go uh i wanted to ask one more question we have a baking flower shoot today yeah tell me about that so I wanted to do something different with the dancers. You know, it was fun getting them into their amazing poses. But I wanted it to be fun. What I do with my photography is I don't like to deliver photos. I want the photos to invoke a memory that they had of taking the photos, which is what I feel is what the photo should be to begin with. Yeah. The photo by itself doesn't stand you know, much emotion. I like the emotion part of it. So I needed to come up with something that made it really fun for the kids. They had fun being in front of cameras and getting dressed up and everything, but I had to take it to the next level. Um, and I had seen some work in the woods with the smoke and stuff. And I was yeah. like, well, how can I bring this so that I'm not lighting fires inside buildings? And so <laughs> we grabbed, you know, out of the cupboard, brought it to the thing. I said, let's throw this around. And so the kids had a blast. A, a trial run the first time. I okay. didn't even charge the girl or, the, you know, the mom. We had such a good time. She was all over her. <laughs> and it just went nuts. Once I posted a few of those pictures, they went crazy. Basically what it is, is the dancers is doing their spins, their jumps holding on to flower or I put flower on their shoulders or arms or on their feet. And as soon as they make their movement, it, it exaggerates. It shows in the, in the photo, the movement of the picture. So it's a lot of fun. Super cool. So even if this is not your thing, you're not going to be shooting dancers. You need to go check this out. Take the opportunity today, go do something different, go try it out. You'll learn something. And even if you never do it again, 
it will be really fun to go do it. I promise you it'll be great. So you, you need to check that out today. All right. Thank, let's thanks Phil for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you, Phil. Okay. Uh, Erica, I want to ask you first, what's the high, it's only been one day and a workshop that you had, but what mm-hmm. was, what's been the highlight of the retreat for you? So I told Jeff that I wanted to go first because I had a feeling that Connor was probably going to say the same thing and I wanted to steal his thunder. Um, So on Wednesday, which is the day before the retreat started, Connor and I hosted our first ever portrait session workshop. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. So we had a group of, I think, eight. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I can't like turn to you because the microphone's like... (laughs) You're wearing like a neck brace. Yeah. feels like, yeah. Uh, so we had a group of eight people. Uh, we spent like 10 hours together. It was a really long, awesome day. We started in studio and worked on composition and posing and lighting and did some um, shoots with a model in the studio. And then we took the model and a couple out to the desert and did some on-location shooting with them. And it was just amazing. It was a beautiful location right at Golden Hour. The models were great. All the participants were great. And... Uh, I had a great time. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, Connor, what about you? Highlights. Uh, she stole my thunder. <laughs> I knew it. It was her evil plan for the beginning. <laughs> Honestly, that that the workshop was absolutely fantastic. I, it's hard for me to pinpoint a single moment because I've had tons of little moments of just talking with people. I like learning about how everybody is doing it at the retreat, what they're working on and how they can improve and having moments of being able to connect with individuals and finding out, oh man, you learned something from me? Cool. That's really fun for me because otherwise it kind of feels like sometimes with the podcast, you're talking to the wind and it's like, I know I'm giving out good advice. (laughs) I don't get feedback from people that, oh, I learned a thing. So being able to talk with somebody and say, oh, you know what? You told me something earlier today and I went and tried it and look at what I came out with from that. I I did a portfolio review um, with Jim Campbell yesterday. awesome guy. And he had so many awesome photos where he's like, I did this because of you. I did this because of you. I did this because <laughs> of you. Awesome. And, and yeah. he was showing me some stuff from a week ago that he had shot and some stuff that he shot yesterday. And you could already see such a night and day difference in some of the things that he was like, I just, I realized I needed to take action on these things after you had mentioned it. And seeing that kind of progress is just something that I, I can't, say i don't know where i'm going with this <laughs> I, I, I got too excited and lost my words there but Connor, can i jump in real quick how many yeah. how many people were in your photo review yesterday three so for the three people that took advantage of it you got one almost but one on three time with connor yeah which is also unheard of i think at other events and so for those three people that that right there is very very valuable yeah absolutely yeah okay so highlights for me and she's sitting here in the audience, but Jenna <laughs> kicked off the retreat and she, she was awesome. It was so fun to hear her story. Um, I think she fired a lot of photographers to uh, have hope and keep going because she faced a lot of odds and overcame them and is wildly successful now. So it's very possible. You can do it. And she's helped. She's teaching lots of classes on how, how to make that happen. How did she overcome those obstacles and make that I don't want to put her on the spot, but I hope we can get her on the show later <laughs> after the retreat. She's saying yes, so that's good. All right, we're going to arrange that. We're going to have her come on and, and share that story uh, yeah, and absolutely. talk about that more. And, and she actually some... has a podcast of her own, right? What's it called? Creative, Creative Chaos. Chaos. Everybody check it out. Creative, okay. Creative Chaos Podcast. All right. Excellent. So yeah, we'll have you come on and then and then we'll we'll get you more. Uh, we'll talk more about underwater photography. It's really cool. It was, a, it was a highlight for me yesterday. The other one that I, I love doing, it's so much fun. We were talking about before the show that I have yet to actually press the shutter button on my camera. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't taken a single shot yet uh, because I just love helping all the other people that are here get their shots and, and get that going. And so when I wasn't teaching a class, I was in the model bay and helping everyone. There were lots of photographers who had either never shot models before or never shot with lights at all. And we had encouraged everyone to go try something different, go do something new. If you've never shot it, it's okay. That's why you're here. That's what we're going to do is help you out. And it was so much fun. There were, there were lots who had never done it before and they didn't think they were wanted to be portrait photographers anyway. They were here for landscape. They're here for other reasons, but 
uh, one in particular said, I may reconsider this. This is really fun to do. This is so much fun when you can see the lighting, control it, and and make the, the beautiful images that you can with lighting. And uh, it was it was so much fun. So that was, that's been a highlight for me. I, I love being in the model bay and helping that out. So if you haven't done that yet, you haven't gone to the model bay. You need, you need to find some time to go in there. I've actually, I've also seen that everyone goes in there thinking of spend a few minutes and all of a sudden it's been an hour and we're saying, Hey, the next session's about to start. Like, Oh no, no. <laughs> I guess I got to go. I need to go get to my next session. I, I think the, the, the other thing is spikes in and out, but there's been a lot of portrait photographers that have gone on city walks or gone out and shot landscapes and had the exact opposite experience. Yeah. And so that's the need to hear those stories as well. People getting out of their, Normal wheelhouse and taking some great shots. Now, things to come or or some of the opportunities that I wanted to highlight the shooting opportunities because I think it's a fairly unique thing to the retreat. So uh, we've had models in the desert last night. Have the opportunity to be able to go out into the desert here in uh, Las Vegas and shoot models, and then uh, some astrophotography opportunities last night and tonight. There's going to be there's the flower shoot we already talked about. You want to make sure you get to that. There's going to be a, a high school baseball game. It's kind of limited on that one, but there's there's that opportunity that might not already be filled. But just to let the listeners know some of the situations that we have there, and then we're gonna we're gonna have the biggest one is the rooftop wedding, and uh, have the opportunity to be able to kind of be you know uh, 400 shooters or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of shooters be up there on that roof and uh, and taking advantage of that. So that's that's what's coming up. We also had a. Uh... Bender, we got some wildlife oh, photography. Yeah, yeah. Did that. So lots of shooting opportunities, lots of chances to go and do uh, with people who know what they're doing and can help you with it. So very, very cool experience. All right. We uh we have we're gonna need to fit an ad in here real quick and then we're gonna open it up to our live audience here to be able to ask us questions. So I want to tell you about HoneyBook first. So across a, a huge number of the episodes on our podcasts, we have talked a lot about the business aspects. And Connor and Erica have done a really good job on Portrait Session in particular to be able to go through the business aspects of photography, some of the things that you need there. And um, often photographers find they, they need some kind of tools to help them run their business. Uh, spending too much time in ineffective ways to run your business. You want to be shooting, you want to be editing, you want to be delivering to the clients. You don't want to focus on the aspects of running the business. You want to spend as little time as possible there. That's what HoneyBook can help you with. So there's there's some services. There was a, someone in the Facebook group just last week who asked about how do I have an, what's the tool to use for an online booking system? I, I need to have that happen because it's not working what they're doing now. And, uh, and HoneyBook offers that kind of capability. You can do online booking and there's a whole host of other features there. there there's a lot to it that the service provides. It's a service made for photographers to be able to help you with your small business. So if you're struggling with some of the administrative things that you need to do with your photography business, you need to check out HoneyBook. They've got over 75,000 photographers, designers, and other creative professionals who are using that service to help them with run their small business. You can check it out and get a 50% off the first year by using improve as the offer code. So I want you to go to honeybook.com and use the promo code improve to get that 50% off. I think you're really going to find it can help you with your business. Okay. Now let's talk with the live audience. This is dangerous. <laughs> Pressure's on. Dangerous. So Phil's going to run the microphone around. So who has a burning question? <laughs> okay, or any all those hands right hands. here. Oh, wow. okay, when when, when you, you I want to know I want to know your name, where you're from, and what photography you do, and then you can ask a question. My name is Megan Stemple. I'm from Massachusetts, and I like all photography. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I more specialize in portraits. Okay, okay. Uh, just recently started doing some like cosplay photography. Nice, nice. Yeah. that's fun. fun. So yeah. Um, so I want to preface my question first by saying thank you so much for this awesome retreat, but also thank you so much for the free content you provide for us through the podcast. Oh, I'm so glad so, you like it. That being said, I have a question for 
Connor and Erica. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'll Any sit here in the idea, cold seat. Like, That'll be good. When maybe we may have some new episodes. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and you can say like a year from now i mean this oh, is gosh, great it's... you're you're like, yeah no we they... so appreciate it but i'm no know, I, I understand I'm also people excited for more <laughs> yeah people want to hear more so so we actually have a handful still recorded the biggest issue is that right now life is really busy uh, for listeners that don't know this i actually started going back to school so i'm in school and running my business full-time and business is booming and school is hard <laughs> so the, the thing is it, we love providing this content for free and that's that's part of why we do this is we want to make stuff that's accessible and readily available for people the problem with that being that we don't make money doing it so when it comes down to having very limited time and a need for resources the editing that takes me about four hours to get through an episode especially in this current season where we have people that we're interviewing that have yeah. not the best audio ever <laughs> and aren't used to speaking on mic it just takes a lot of time and effort for me to get through processing them so right now we, we've actually been using this week to talk a little bit about some possibilities of how we might be able to get stuff turned around faster because it every single week the day that we would release goes by and it kind of kills me a little bit knowing that I did the episode <laughs> out and it's been a while now so we have episodes ready as far as the, them being recorded it's a matter of finding a way to get production of them at outdoor and yeah. So, so soon. If anybody wants to contribute to the cause, you know, and edit for us yeah, or help somebody us out, knows a little bit about chat. audio, I am not an expert at all, and I process the stuff. Um, <laughs> well, when I have time to, I do that. So, if somebody out there listening or in this room wants to help in producing the episodes, send me a message. I would be happy <laughs> to do that, and we could get the ball rolling that much faster. It's scary to think about doing that though, because we I like controlling the yeah. quality of it. We do a too. lot, so it's kind of scary, but it'd be better than not. Yeah, having yeah. I was are. gonna say that I would <laughs> I would take a little bit of a sacrifice in the control right. over quality in order to get content out there because it's not the, it's not scheduling the time to talk with Erica or talk with people to record it. It's just a matter of it takes me half a day to get an episode put together. Yeah. All right. Do we have another question? Nick Page, it seems like your hand's up there. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know what. Yeah, it would be in trouble without a question. All right. Name, where you're from, and what photography you do. Okay, my name is Anthony Puchella. I'm from San Jose, California. And uh, I, just to touch on what Jenna said in the past, I'm a fanboy. Uh, I, I shoot anything as long as Google's available. They ask, you know, do you do babies? Oh, yeah, I do babies. My question is, uh, this is a great retreat, and I, I love seeing things like this put together. Uh, it's probably for all of you, uh, but mostly for you, Jeff. What, what is the vision uh, of this retreat, like, say, five years down the line? What, what do you envision happening? How can you make it greater? Or, uh, what are some uh, insights on new ideas for the future? And, and then also, Connor, you kind of touched on this. What can we do as a community to help out? All right. Excellent questions. Uh, I'm going to deflect. <laughs> See how I did that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's cold tea. It's really good. Uh, that's a great question. This mic. Get him out. Okay. Is this better? Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll do it this way. Um, so uh, a little bit about me. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's okay. Like that's, that's honestly, I, I love that because I'm, I'm not here for me. Like I would rather just have everything flow. So thank you for not including me. Um, <laughs> I, I think the vision, big picture, um, is a smaller event always, maybe a max 200 people. Because I really feel when you get too large, you lose what, what makes this unique. Uh, on my vision board at home, I have a vision board. I look at it. I have a little tag that says, I want to help 5,000 people in photography. Right, but that's not me. That's me teaching you something through Jeff or Connor or Erica or Phil. You going out and making a family's dream come true because you know how to shoot. So I don't know how to track that. Like I, that's such an uh, an odd thing to track. But I really want to be able to change people so that they can give back to other people. I'm really that's that's part of this 
vision and community. Um, five years from now, uh, 250 people, like every class you can imagine, great presenters, um, photo reviews with three-on-one with presenters. You have the opportunity, we've talked about this, to get in the water with Jenna. We didn't mention that, by the way. Jenna's doing an underwater photo shoot Oh, that's right. That's a massive opportunity so, to talk about. Yeah. So yeah, that's another thing. But you are like, that's cool. For you, that's like, we've talked about that. That's amazing, right? And I want that experience to be somewhat for everybody. Is that really realistic? I mean, that's pie in the sky. But that's really the vision. Um, large scheme. I don't know if that really answers your question. Well, I want to add to it. Yeah. Okay, so the three of us, we all started out with improved photography. Finding improved photography is a resource. So just like a lot of you, where we were looking for help, how do I figure out how to use this camera? All of us were there at some point or another. For some of us, it was a long time ago. It wasn't that long ago for me. I very well remember having no idea how to how to get it so that I could freeze my kid jumping in as they were as they were playing around in the basement. I had no clue. It was enough. I, I've shared this before. You probably already heard it. That my wife was asking me, "Did you buy the right camera?" <laughs> she, <laughs> she thought for sure I made a mistake, and uh, I was like, "No, it's just the dummy using it right now." But I'm going to figure it out. And I, I ran into improved photography. Just started at Google. That one came up. Uh, Jim provided such a great resource there. And I believe all of us, right? You guys yep. also yep. kind of found it that way. And we all started through that. And it just became a passion for continuing to learn. I, I, I don't expect, I hope the learning never ends because I really like it. And then sharing the learning, I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of that too. So that's what I hope to still be in five years is still helping a lot of people to just continue to improve no matter where they're at in their photography, continue to, to, to master it. I think it, unless you guys have some, the small disclaimers too is, is I also realized that it gets to a point where this may not be the right conference for you. Like in three years, you may be at a level where you need to go do a super in-depth workshop with like Nick or Eric or Connor. And, and that's great for me because it's like, we're graduating you. Right, in some yeah. way. But I think the one thing that we'll always have is the community and just the friendships. So you may be an expert and way advanced in your field, but you come back because you love it and you love the people. You had a second half of the question. I don't know if we answered that. Second half. Do you remember? I don't remember. Oh, yeah. uh, stories. For me, it's stories. Like, like I said, how, like, what does salt taste like to you? Um, thanks to Jenna and some others, we finally got an Instagram account. Like, <laughs> Connor to audio is like me to Instagram. Like I, I'm like pushing buttons and be like, what does this do? Oh, I put, whoa, don't post that. Like, you know? <laughs> um, so we barely got that going, but I think you telling your story of your experience here, us collecting those stories so that other people can see that and be like, I want that experience. Um, that 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 would be very helpful and for us so know, build community. just going home and if you've got photography clubs if you whatever photography community you have locally tell them about your experience tell them how how it was for you what you got out of it so that you can spread the word that would be uh, extremely helpful to us yeah and any like connor said anybody who's who's expert at brand building and and how to build that community like well i'm all on board like i'm this isn't for me. I have a great daytime job. We have some other things going on. Like I love this because I see this happen. Yeah. I, see, I see the passion and the friendships. That's why I do this. Um, so It's pretty fun. Yeah, I, I would just say that it's, it's tacking on and rewording the exact same thing that's been said, but just becoming an advocate for, for this experience because I know that I get a lot out of it. So I will sell people on it all the time, not because I benefit from it personally in any way i just say no it's a, an awesome experience so if you have enjoyed your time here share that but also encourage people to to join if somebody's saying like i'm really struggling i'm really working don't just say like oh i had a really fun time at this thing say you should look at this you should try going that would help a lot it is giving an actionable yeah. recommendation yeah. To, to a person that you think that could benefit from this would be a way that could definitely help make it grow okay jenna's got the mic what's up <laughs> I just wanted to ask, what is your Instagram account? You just mentioned it. <laughs> What's the name of Great it? How do we question, it? Jenna. It's Branding. Hmm. Create. Oh, 
Create underscore photography underscore retreat. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jenna. Thank See that you. gentle push of like that guy has no idea. What <laughs> Thank you. That's not, it's, this isn't on a podcast going out to a bunch of people either. So I appreciate that. I'd also add: be sure if you're on Instagram to check out the hashtag uh, CP, CP Retreat, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, because there are a lot of people posting good stories, good photos on Instagram, um, and you'll see it. You'll see those not just from the Create Photography Retreat profile, but from everybody else who's attending as well. And just okay. So w- one more thing. This this came to me. It would be so cool if we could grow this and maybe have like in five years, like an East Coast, a West Coast, a Pacific, and have like two hundred people at each event. Have it grow so strong in community. We just do multiple events. Uh, that would be really cool yeah. uh, as far as a five-year vision. And then people like you guys are working into the presenters and, and helping us grow it. So, Which we've done. Phil has been presenting. He's yeah. been helping out with things here. Exactly. He was a participant here, a couple so. years ago. We want to see that growth. We want to help everyone to grow. So that's something you could do and, and uh, have fun with. Okay. Excellent. Good question. Very. Thank you. Any other questions? What else we have? Good. Hey, name, where you're from, what photography you do. Hi, uh, Drake Dick from Victoria, Canada. I uh, mostly do landscape, seascape, that type of thing. Um, and I uh, just recently started doing some YouTube videos on it. Uh, very, very... There we go. You got to eat that microphone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, what I want to know is how you found that uh, doing podcasts or the YouTube videos like Nick does and that, how that affects your photography and have you found it uh, to help you or to sort of detract or a little bit of both? All right, Connor wants to I, I would say that doing the podcast has made me a significantly better photographer. <laughs> not, not just the podcast, but teaching. So I think that anybody at any level has the ability to teach somebody else. I, I, unless it's day one where you have first picked up your camera, if you have learned anything about your camera, you can start teaching other people information that you know. And learning, to, learning that a part of the learning process is being able to articulate the thought and express it to somebody else in a way that makes sense and let them take that information and make it actionable will solidify all of the concepts that much more. So I, I, I think that realistically I've grown quite a bit as a photographer. And I think a large part of that has just been that I took on a teaching role, a speaking role where I was really forced to hash out the concepts that I was experimenting with in my head into a way where I could say, no, this is what I am doing. And having that concrete idea, just, I think it's an amazing, Thing to have it as a learning tool. Hopefully, it feels fairly natural in the podcast as we're talking. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's a, a massively scripted sort of thing, but behind the scenes, there's a script. <laughs> at Some least, people have a script. At least for me, I like have five to. Pages. <laughs> <laughs> I have to to be able to uh, to communicate everything I want to cover in an hour's podcast. It's really easy to get on and say nothing for a whole hour. <laughs> That's not hard at all. You can go do that. You can stumble through it and say almost nothing. But we want to have that hour be something that's going to be valuable to everybody listening. Even if it's a concept you're already familiar with, we're probably going to say something and put it in a little different light that you may not have seen before or heard before. And, and we're hoping that every episode is, is valuable that way. So there's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes. There's, there's a lot of time spent. Um, I do a lot of research even, at least for Photo Taco. There's a lot of research that I'm doing to go and, and figure out how to make that uh, an hour that's worth your time diving into a very technical part of, of photography. But doing all that absolutely has helped me for sure. I've, there's been so many things I've learned about that I took for granted. I had no idea. The last photo talk episode I did, I had no idea about Bayer filters. I'd heard the name. I had no idea what they did, what their purpose was, and what kind of problems it causes in our photography and how it affects how much light's getting in. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's really, I, I think it's interesting. <laughs> Maybe not everyone will. Um, but so, yeah, it, it's absolutely, it helps me at least. Understanding the very technical helps me so that I don't miss the shot as much. 
I am ready to go. I know what I need to do to be able to create the photo that I want because I'm learning all of the techniques, all the technical details, everything that I need to not miss the shot. That sunset, usually in a lot of areas, you have at most a few minutes to capture it. And sometimes it's way less. You have seconds to get it. And if you're not, if you don't have uh, the technical down enough to do it, then you're going to miss the shot. You're not going to be able to get it. Which is fine. I missed so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but learning it and doing a podcast about it means way more preparation, way more diving into the details and really understanding it. So yeah, I think it's helped me. What do you think, Erica? Yeah, and I would say just, it really makes you reflect on your own work and your own experience as a photographer, especially when you're, you're maybe teaching a concept and you have to go back and find your own example photos or something to use to support that concept. Going back and looking at past work really helps you realize where you as a photographer are lacking or where you are really good. Um, and encourages you to continue to expand upon those areas that you are lacking. So, for example, I did a, um, a breakout here yesterday about fast and easy lighting for weddings. And I had to go back and find examples. Well, first, I had to go back and think about, okay, what do I do at weddings? Because for me, I'm just like throwing it up. I know what I want to do, but I've never put it in an understandable, easy to digest format for other people. So that really helped me like analyze what I am doing as a photographer um, which teaches me even, you know, even though I know I do these things, I'm, I'm not doing them as intentionally as maybe I could be. So putting that presentation together alone just allowed me to understand what I'm doing as a photographer, when I need to do it, you know, what situations are best for those. So I think, yeah, doing this really definitely helps us learn even more than we, you know, we would probably even as a participant on another workshop or listening to other podcasts. I don't think everyone has to go start their own podcast though, or, or even a YouTube <laughs> yeah. channel. But something as simple as just finding a local photography club and then working your way into doing a presentation for that club, that's the same sort of experience, the same sort of preparation you need, same sort of worry, like butterflies you might get as you go to present. Uh, that's another really great way to be able to do it without having to worry about trying to get like starting a podcast, there's some technical things you got to figure out how to make that happen. And maybe yeah. it may not be the thing you want to do. I, I actually, I had an experience that a week ago in that I am on, on the neighborhood app. It's an app specifically for where I live. And somebody had posted a thing just saying photography and I have photography listed as an interest of mine. So it popped up as, hey, look at this. And it was somebody who had just gotten a camera and she's like, I'm going to Iceland and Ireland in a week and I would love to actually be able to use my camera. It's not a photography trip, but I'd love to be able to use my camera. And so I messaged her and I was like, hey, you know, I'm really busy, but I do tend to walk my dog at this time every day. If you want to come meet with me while we walk the dog, like I'll, I'll walk you through exposure triangle and maybe you can walk away with some good shots. So opportunities exist out in the world. If you're participating in your local community, we had a nice walk half an hour later, she walked away and she's like, I've been reading so many things and none of this made sense. You just made it make sense for me. Like, and she messaged me something just last night in Iceland. And I'm like, Oh wow, that's actually a really good shot that you got there for having used your camera for a week. Yeah. Um, so, so the, the opportunities exist in, no matter what capacity you're trying to do that, I think the taking on a teaching role and adopt, adopting that, it will help solidify concepts. It's not as far off and crazy as it might seem that you might be able to do that. Okay. You got another question? All right, right here. Name where you're from and what photography you do. Uh, Patrick Cassidy. I'm from Phoenix and like shooting landscape and cityscapes. And one thing great about this retreat is I wanted to put myself in a bubble to learn more lighting and portraiture. So I'm can focus just on that. Good for you. Um, so my question for you, you know, we're all going to walk away from this conference with, you know, hopefully some really great shots and you get home and you got this blank, blank wall. Okay. I'm going to print something out yeah. um, and put it on this wall. What, whether it's your a client or you personally, what type of format would you prefer to print? on canvas whatever you want to start I, I think that it depends on what the shot is uh, personally i love paper and i love metal prints um i i know a lot of people that sit really hard on on acrylic prints which is uh, acrylic yeah. is like a paper with, with acrylic front to it yeah. so it kind of pulls out the saturation and color um but i would i would say especially if you're not experienced with printing start with paper and do something that's kind of a, a medium size a, a 16 by 24 something like that where 
it's not small, but it's not huge. And that way you can spend a print. It, it, they cost $6 from a professional yeah. lab. And you can have something come in. And if you really like it, cool. If you mess it up, not a big deal. Um, but something I would recommend doing with that is so you learn to process better and that you're getting everything right. Don't let them do color correction. See what your Absolutely. monitor looks like. Because I, I was fooled by that for a long time. I would pay for color correction, get stuff back that looked fine because it looked like it did on my monitor. And then I realized like, oh, you know what? Uh, um, maybe that's a part of it. And I printed something that wasn't color correct. And uh, that's not how I want it to look, which means I'm putting stuff out to the world that's not how I want it to look, thinking that it looks right. So print without color correction, get it, look at it. If you love it, print it bigger. Paper's great. And if you love the shot, metals are great as well. Oh, yep. Can I just jump in? You're, we're here. We've talked to Robert at the uh, Nevada printing place here. You, you can head down there. Um, a few people have already gone down, and they'll give you a quick little tour of the facility, and they'll show you all these different things to print on and their quality. But he's more than happy to, to show you, to get you a little bit more background. So just why we're here, that's the benefit. Printing, uh, I love the labs. I don't so much like doing it myself as much as I'm sure most of you have heard in, in the podcast. It's been okay. I've, I've enjoyed it a little bit. It's not cost-effective, though. So <laughs> it is way more cost-effective to send it out to the lab. And it, it takes time to get it right. Once, once, you have yeah. a, once you have a process that works for you to print from home, it can become cost-effective. However, when you're trying to learn how to do it, you spend a lot of money on ink and paper and adjusting and tweaking and trying to get your color profiles just right or I can send it out to a lab, have it come back, look exactly the way that I want it. And, and one thing that's great too is that you can test different papers and you can have one print on four different kinds of paper where printing from home, you have to go and buy a pack of each of those things. Like they, you can't I just get one send, sheet. Yeah, I know that they, send, <laughs> they, they sell sample packs, but you have to buy two or three sample packs to be able to try that and make sure that you're getting everything right. On them. So that's another way in which I love using professional labs. But it's an example. Again, I'm, I'm challenging myself to expand. So I didn't know how to do printing yeah. and I wanted to figure it out. So I got the least expensive way to do that and I'm checking it out. And I, yeah, I'm not going to keep doing it very long, but at least I know how to do it now. And I learned. I, did, I absolutely learned in the process. It's easy. It's nice. Like we were talking about, you could tell them not to do color correction, send it off to the lab, get it printed. There's days, weeks in between there. And it's it's tough to associate it when you have the printer sitting on your desk and you can print and go well that didn't look right and then try again and try that's helpful it's really nice to be able to do that so it takes a little investment of course to get a printer and try it out but it, it's been worth it for me just to go through the exercise and, and learn to go back to your original question connor said it depends on what you are printing like what type of photo you're printing and i agree with that but i'd also recommend considering where you're going to put the print so if you are, you know, if you have a really modern design house that you're, you know, kind of put a print in, maybe a canvas isn't the best option just aesthetically or vice versa. If you have kind of a more rustic or traditional house, maybe this, you know, really sharp, crisp metal or acrylic print isn't the best for that location. So definitely keep that in mind. And then one other thing, typically print larger than you think is necessary because, Oftentimes, people will print like maybe a 16 by 24 or something like that, and they think, oh, this is going to be massive. And then they put it on the wall, and it looks like this tiny little, you know, especially because the TV it's next to is massive. Yeah, right, <laughs> you know, right. Little... Yeah. So uh, think bigger. And something that, that can be really helpful in terms of finding a suitable size, there, there are programs like Swift Galleries that I believe it have, has a trial that you can go and try out, but they have a system where you can like put a piece of paper, just a regular piece of copy paper, on a wall take a picture of that wall and then use that as a, a way to find the scale. And then it'll show, you can see what different print sizes look like on a wall. I use that for print sales in my, my business um, all the time because a person will say like, eh, I don't know, I want an eight by 10. And then you realize like, no, you don't, you want a 30 by 40. You just think eight by 10 is big. And so I, I will do that mock up what it looks like on their wall. And they say, Oh, okay. Now I see why it's going to be worth all the money that I'm going to pay because I see it'll actually fill the wall. Eight by 10 is going to be a tiny little postage stamp on the wall. So something like that can actually be really helpful. If, if you're not planning on using it for print sales, just go and sign up for a trial for something like that and use it in your own space. So you can see what kind of advantages that has for finding. Yeah. You can it, find um, collages and stuff on Pinterest as well. So like if you don't want to sign up for a trial, um, you can just search on Pinterest, like um, photo collages or photo layouts or wall layouts or something like that. And 
there are tons of different diagrams and sizing things that you can look at. Lots of information there as well. Good questions. We have, I think we have time for maybe one more. Any other questions out there? Super long one. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> How about any suggestions you have for topics for the show? Hand in the back. Dave, name where you're from and what photography you do. Um, Hans Stanger. I'm from Albany, Oregon, and I do anything that doesn't have <laughs> <laughs> Let's change that. <laughs> Come over to the model day. Okay. All right. What topic? What topic would you recommend? Your, your, your whole podcast scheme is centered around Adobe products. Mm. Do you have anything? Can I get you it? have anything there we go. in mind for uh, expanding like uh, on one photo raw? Mm -hmm. Okay. So here, here's the big challenge with this. Uh, the significant majority, it's probably at least 95% of the listeners are using Adobe products. There's the 5% who are not. Connor's one who's not. Yeah. So uh, he's at least in terms of raw processing, I'm a huge advocate for Capture One. I still use Photoshop, but I, I've played around with um, a few different alternatives to that. Um, none of them that I've played with have been quite to the level of control that I want from from a heavy processing software. But in terms of all my light editing, I've moved away from Adobe products because I, I don't particularly like Lightroom. But as we uh, we we're considering all the listeners that we've got, the listeners they want to know the tips, the tricks, the techniques with Adobe software. That's what nearly everybody's using. The others are very capable. Capture One is doing a great job for Connor. There's some specific advantages, especially with tethering, I believe, yes. that you like there. And uh, I, I just like the way that it comes out. The, the processing looks different. Okay. I, I like it more. So, so that's great. And we'll have Connor share his experience there because he's doing that. I live in Adobe products. Um, I'm familiar with them. I know how to use them. I've dabbled in some of that. I've checked them out. I've gone and spent time there. I've done photo talk episodes, which means I spent uh, a week, <laughs> a week time. or so checking it out, taking a look at it. As I've looked at them, for the most part, the uh, on one raw in particular, it just doesn't have everything there that Adobe's products have. They have a massive lead. They're coasting, unfortunately. I think they're not continuing to to, to build on that lead, but they have such a lead that these other programs. There's features that uh, look kind of nice. There's some stuff in there that's really nice, but not everything I need. And it slows me down because I don't know the software as well. So um, I just don't have time to stay in it and keep doing it. And keeping up on more than one just isn't feasible for it, photographers to do. I, I think that the, the biggest thing that I would struggle with, I think it would be worthwhile for us to do an episode where we talk about some we should, alternatives. We should. I, I like that suggestion. Um, but one of, one of the problems in terms of being fair in reviewing something like that is I don't want to steer somebody away from Affinity Photo if they want to find an alternative to Photoshop because it might not suit me for what I, I want to do, but it also is a program that's been designed to look like Photoshop with a lot of automated settings that, that do a great job for most people that don't want to delve into Photoshop. I've spent countless hours learning how to do <laughs> what I do in Photoshop. So me picking up Affinity Photo and saying, all right, I'm going to give it a week to try and figure out how to do what I want it to do. And then I will review it. And inevitably, I will say, I don't like it because it's not exactly what I've been trained for hours and hours and hours and hours to do. Um, I, I don't want to steer somebody away from something like that when I believe that it's absolutely a, a great alternative to somebody as long as it suits their needs, their workflow, et cetera. I, I have people that have told me, oh, I love it. I use it instead and I don't have to pay the subscription fee to Adobe. Say, awesome. If it works for you, that's great. Um, but something that I personally worry about in doing a review like that is that I don't want to steer somebody away from that if they think it's going to be a worthwhile option for them just because it doesn't work for me. And I know that I don't have the time as a professional to take the time that it'll take to give it a fair review. We'll, we'll figure out how we can approach it, though. We'll see what we can do. It's time for me to take a look at, at a couple of them again because it's been at least a year or so and they've yeah. made huge progress. So I need to go look. I need to spend that time. All right, we're going to close up the show. We need to clear out this room for the next session. So we're just going to quickly go. We have some doodads to share. It won't be new stuff for me anyway. I'm going to, it, my doodads, the 8200, and it is the, uh, the flash, the workhorse that's in the model bay. It's really doing a great job. They've been lasting like all day long, just flash after flash after flash. It's, it's a really good 
inexpensive strobe kind of light. And even at $300, I know that sounds like a lot for, for a lot of people. That's a fairly inexpensive kind of option for strobe. Erica, what about you? So I threw into the ring my iPad. So I, for the first time, actually traveled with it and without my computer, my laptop. So I've been using it to do all of my presentations, uh, present my presentations, and create my presentations. Um, and I've been using it to edit some photos so I can transfer photos from my 5D Mark IV wirelessly to my iPad. And sorry, people are coming to the room and everybody's <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay back there. Um, so it's been such a portable, lightweight, useful tool for me on this trip. And um, I'm really mad that I haven't figured it out before now. That's awesome. And, and my doodad is something that is very much free for everybody. My doodad is natural light. I found out that it can actually be fun to not just use strobe. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Okay. We'll remind everyone masterphotographypodcast.com is where you can find all the show notes and details for the show. There's the Facebook group. You can find how to join that. We'll have links in the show notes of all the info for all of us. Thank you so much for joining us today, everyone in the audience. And we'll see you all in another seven days.